leadership doesn't want to be, you know, checking in and just like saving face, uh, for lack of a better word, the numbers speak for themselves. And I think in a remote first or, you know, remote priority organization, that's what leaders really care about. So many professionals want remote work well beyond the pandemic. And a lot of smart companies are making that happen. But do you know how to work with your boss to ensure you can be successful in a long-term remote situation? Have you talked about boundaries and communication and how to move up and get promoted even though you're not in the company headquarters? Hi, this is Diana Burnell O'Leary with Job Talk Weekly. Today, I talk with Lauren Haggerty from Power to Fly. Not only does their job search platform have thousands of openings for remote professional jobs, but the staff themselves at Power to Fly are also remote, working in different states and time zones and even countries. Lauren is the Senior Director of Marketing and Community for Power to Fly. They are the largest gender diversity recruiting platform and community, connecting women with Fortune 500 companies and fast-growing startups. And don't worry, guys, the advice she gives about remote work is applicable for everyone. But this is not Lauren's first rodeo in remote work. Previously, she led the social media and community efforts for the smart home platform, Wink. And Lauren was a remote employee well before the pandemic. So she shares her personal success working and managing people remotely. Let's jump in. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to Job Talk Weekly. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And we're excited to hear from you because so many companies have adopted remote work and so many people now want remote work. But Power to Fly was well ahead of the curve before the year 2020. So before we get into the details of remote jobs, tell us a little bit about the platform. So Power to Fly was founded in 2014 by Catherine Zaleski and Melinda Berry to help fast track economic equality by upskilling and connecting underrepresented talent to roles in highly visible sectors. And we've been globally remote first since our founding in 2014. That's something that's core to our values at Power to Fly. And we feel strongly that you can only be successful if all types of individuals from across the globe are heard and valued. So since 2014, you know, we as a company have really been working towards building that equity and making sure that not only, you know, women, but all underrepresented talent have that opportunity to upskill and you know find jobs and opportunities with some of these you know massive organizations and fast growing startups across the globe but even more so find remote opportunities um, so that's a huge that's the remote opportunity piece is what we were really founded on in 2014 and you know Catherine and Milena both realized that hey, you know, in order to really diversify the workforce, it's going to take more than just offering remote work uh, to underrepresented talent. And that's kind of where Power to Fly diverged its mission from being just a um, remote job board to being an all-inclusive 360-degree diversity recruiting platform. So not only is your work about setting up remote opportunities, you personally have been doing remote well before it was popular. Tell us about your experience, Lynn, and what works for you about being a remote employee. 
Yeah. So I, uh, my previous role was, um, I, I was actually in office to start. And then I took a remote role on the marketing team and worked hybrid uh, to start and then totally remote. So I worked at my previous company for four years in this like hybrid remote role. And then when I started at Power to Fly just about four and a half years ago, you know, again, this was globally remote. So a little bit different, but I feel like I've really had the full in-person to hybrid to remote to remote COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now it's because it's different. Um, but the full suite of remote working experience and um, from where I stand today as a remote, a globally remote manager, I think having all of those experiences has really given me a unique perspective on what it takes to be successful as a remote worker, um, as a remote company, as a remote hiring manager, and as a remote leader. So I'm excited to dive into that, but I will say that it is very uh, different today than it was back then, for sure. Let's go there then, because a lot of us had to be remote over the last two years. So how is remote work today different than when you started doing it four or five years ago? Yeah, so back then, I think people who worked remotely, and I, I think specifically back to, I hosted a lot of virtual events post-COVID, mm -hmm. and Fly hosts a lot of virtual events to this day. But that was really my my role and core to my responsibilities. So I held a lot of events on you know how to get your remote job and how to be successful as a remote employee. And it was a lot about, you know, who you are as, an, as a worker, as an employee, and what it really took for you to be successful. And, you know, back then, um, you know, we were working really hard to get those roles and to prove that we were the right candidates. And um, employers who were hiring remotely really wanted that remote experience. So we were having to do, and I, I say we, I'm kind of speaking as a job seeker, but job seekers had to do a lot of project volunteer trial work to prove that they had these self self-serving self-sufficient time management skills to even get the opportunity to work remotely so that was a, a certain type of person a certain skill set uh, that remote workers had that was unique now today mm -hmm. everyone was forced to be remote obviously right. and being forced to do something and then having the skills to be successful in doing something are two completely different things. Where the paths have kind of diverged is in that, is remote work something that you are set up as a person to be successful doing in your career journey? What your, what the end goal is for your professional um, and personal goals? Or is it something that's a means to an end for right now? Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I think yeah. that's where we, we have a lot of people trying to figure that out because you approached it, you know, very purposefully four or five years ago before the pandemic. And I think there are some people right now who just want to ride it out and keep doing it. Exactly. But um, do give us some of those examples of whether it's personality traits or whatever that sort of either makes someone successful as a full time remote employee or maybe the, the people who have not. You know, it might even be easier to explain some of the failures of people who think they want remote because they like the idea of working in their jammies. But at the end of the day, that's just not a good fit. 
Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because that was my first uh, pro and con that I wrote down, uh, being self-motivated. Yeah, It seems really fun and cool and, (laughs) uh, I don't know, relaxing maybe? Um, Work from your bed. But I can honestly say in my eight plus years working remotely, I've never once worked from my bed ever. Good. I get up every single day, I work out, I shower, I put on real clothes yeah. and I go about my remote day yeah. <laughs> exactly as I would if I were going to the office, but maybe I wear leggings a little bit more often, but, sure. <laughs> um, and kind of identifying what motivates you to get up and get your work done every single day, whether that's creating a routine and sticking with it or, you know, setting, um, uh, time blocks for yourself or self timers for certain tasks. I have a lot of teammates who use the Pomado method, um, which is kind of like an hour of on work, 10 minutes of break, an hour of on work, 10 minutes of break. But whatever makes you successful to stay focused and in the work zone, that's what's best for you. And not many people can get up and quote unquote, I'm air quoting, go to work every single day when work is like going into another room of your home. So identifying what those, what that routine is for you is number one priority. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think it's a great idea and they're going to want to try it out. But talk to us about being a power to fly employee because you guys do have talent all over the planet. I mean, I've talked to them and I've seen them. They're calling or emailing from different time zones, I should say. Um, So how do you set up boundaries, though? Because you want people to have the flexibility and you want people from different countries working, but you don't want to be in a position where someone feels that they might have to be online and available 14 or 16 hours because of the different time zones. So how do you guys make that work? You hit the nail on the head when you said boundaries. Ah, And as a manager, yes, that is the first conversation. I actually have this conversation in the interview process. And I mean, maybe this makes me unique as a manager, but I think a lot of the managers and leaders at Power to Fly have this exact conversation. But I'm very upfront with anyone who's interviewing for my team to say, look, you know, this is a flexible role. I, many times I'm speaking to someone who's not in a time zone EST like I am. And I'm really clear, like, this is the hour. These are the hours that I work. These are the hours that your manager works. These are the meetings that I have standing with the marketing team every single week. And I, I name them during mm-hmm. the interview process. And, you know, it is an expectation that you are at these three meetings and you are at this org call. And aside from that, you know, your calendar is yours. Like, how are you going to set those boundaries for yourself? And I encourage all of the managers on my team specifically to have an open conversation about setting boundaries and setting them early and with every person on the team. So when a new member joins, they have a one-on-one with every person on the marketing team, whether or not they're going to work with them on a project or every single day, but they talk about communication and what is important to them, what is their expectation and how they want to be communicated with, because we are very big on no weekend communication, on respecting people's calendars. Love it. And we have a lot of like little tips on how to do that, but I'd say like the biggest piece of advice is just establishing a culture where setting boundaries is okay because people in in teams who are afraid to have that conversation, especially with their manager, if the manager is the one setting that expectation and setting that uh, uh, precedent, 
then you go into establishing that team culture from a place of this is what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And as long as you respect my boundaries, I'm going to respect yours. And again, that looks different for everyone. Well, and it brings it back to communication, which is always so vital in the office. And you've got to have a great rapport with your boss and with your employees. And you've got to go out of your way to establish that rapport and those open lines of communication up front. I I love what you do that you even set the stage in the interview process. That way you're managing expectations because it can get harder and harder once you realize you've been working there for six months and you still haven't figured something out. So good for you for doing it really upfront. And tell me, though, about getting ahead and getting promoted, because I think that's one of the concerns that I do hear from people that in the, you know, like we call it the pre-pandemic times, you know, like in the good old mm-hmm. times, you know, you felt that if you were in the office and you had some visibility, you had some face time with the management, that that helped when you wanted to get promoted. So how do you make sure that your employees are eligible for promotion? Or how do you personally make sure that you're eligible for promotion if you're in one state and the company headquarters is in another? Great question. And to answer this, I really think we need to dive into what, and I'm air quoting again, but being seen means. Because I know people who work at very large financial firms who, after they've finished their work for the day, they sit at their desk doing absolutely nothing, <laughs> pretending to work until their boss leaves. And then they proceed to go home. Yeah. And that's mind blowing to me. I remember those like, days, by the way. But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> on the flip side, you know, there are days when I don't I don't speak to some of my direct reports. I, I physically will not talk with them. I won't have a message with them. Yeah. But they are still updating dashboards. They are sharing their blockers and numbers and Slack channels. So if I do want to see where progress is being made or where they need my help, I can check in on my time, on my terms, and proactively communicate with them with what I need. Um, again, I've established relationship with, relationships with my team where they really manage up to me when they need something. Yeah. And I think that that is such a crucial part of establishing a good remote relationship with your manager, with your boss, with your team, with leadership. Um, Leadership doesn't want to be, you know, checking in and just like saving face uh, for lack of a better word. The numbers speak for themselves. And I think in a remote first or, you know, remote priority organization, that's what leaders really care about. Um, They don't want to have to micromanage you. So again, going back to like, day one, but these are questions that any job seeker can ask in the interview process. And, you know, don't take those fluffy answers um, as acceptable. I would dive in. If you ask, you know, what are the growth opportunities in this role? Or what does um, career pathing look like in this position? Expect a decent answer because any company that is really remote forward has a plan for how they're going to progress your career as a potential employee. If someone can't give you an answer or provides a really wishy-washy answer, I always tell people, you know, go to someone else, especially if it's not your manager you're talking with, talk to other people at the organization and kind of feel out, you know, what was their, um, experience like, you know, as a, as an employee, six months to a year down the line. And, 
I mean, gosh, ask any one of my team members. They'll tell you, like, we check in three months, six months, a year. We do progress review, uh, performance reviews every year. Uh, we talk about this in the interview process because that's what we do. We want to see people grow. So why wouldn't we be transparent about that from the start? So well, a lot of this is feeling out from the interview um, what you need from your career growth and progression. Yeah, and we always talk about the research that a candidate needs to do um, on the company that they're interested in. You know, the interview process is a two-way street. And, of course, the boss is going to tell you what they're going to tell you. But if you know someone that used to work there, maybe you can go online and see what some people have to say. But you've got to really do your homework because switching jobs is such a big deal, and you don't want to do it too many times. Um, How many people are on your team? How many people do you supervise, Lauren? So I manage six, I have six direct reports and then my team is a little over 20, um, the whole marketing and community team. And we're growing rapidly every single day. Um, but we span four different time zones. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many countries, but we have a lot of representation. Um, it's amazing, (laughs) but it's definitely a challenge. Like it's, it's not easy, but when you have the tools and the resources to, make communication um, as efficient and effective as possible. My, my team will tell you, my motto is work smarter, not harder. Yeah. So that, that will uh, really save you uh, at the end of the day. Well, and I was excited to hear that you were in marketing well before when you were doing remote work, because I think back to about five years ago when if you would have talked about remote work and people who worked from home, a lot of us would have thought tech, software engineers. You know, we never would have thought about marketing executives. And I feel like from my quick search on on the website on Power to Fly that a lot more functions are available as remote jobs. So tell me what you're seeing in different types of, of jobs that are indeed available as remote? Yeah. Well, again, if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that literally any job can be remote. And I laugh because I saw um, like a meme or something the other day of a fast food drive-through worker literally calling in from their iPad from home because they had COVID and the workforce is obviously obviously so understaffed right now. But gosh, if this person could call in to take orders from the drive-thru from home, then I really believe that any role can be remote. And of course, there are, you know, exemptions and and we need people in person, um, especially all of our healthcare workers. But uh, it's fascinating to me how companies have been able to pivot and adapt and I can't think of a funk, a piece of my role right now that I can't do remotely. So it really boils down to setting as a manager, setting your team up for success as a leader, setting your company up for success. And as an individual, setting yourself up for success and asking for what you need to be successful. I think yeah. tech was an easy first step for remote work because I mean, a lot of it was just working from the computer. Uh, it didn't require a lot of teamwork and collaboration, but luckily we've come so far when it comes to the collaboration technology from Slack to Asana to Teams to Monday. Um, oh, yeah. Mural. I mean, there's there's a tool for anything. And now that we have access to this and um, teams can collaborate much more effectively than ever before. I don't see that changing. I don't see a lot of these functions going back to in office, which is a really cool place to be. 
Now, are there certain companies or types of companies that lend themselves well to remote work, or is it more about the mindset of the manager? Like you were talking about making sure that the management knows how to set the goals and the focus on outcomes instead of time in the office. What's your take on the different companies that you're seeing are really successful with the Power to Fly platform? Yeah, I, I mean, we again, we still have our remote job board, um, which is focused on companies that are strictly hiring remote. And there are hundreds of companies that are remote first or remote forward, hiring uh, remote employees all over the globe. I wrote some down Microsoft, Meta, Amex, Dell, MindBody, Elastic, GitHub, Rebel Mouse, Stack Overflow, just to name a few. But you know, these are people that have committed to remote work from the beginning. And, you know, there are always going to be companies that were remote prior to or, or prioritized remote prior to the pandemic that are still hiring like crazy. And I don't think that's industry specific. I don't think that's uh, company specific. But it, again, it, it boils down to the culture and our managers and teams set up for success. Are you set up for success? Um, if not, and this could be completely departmental, it can be like a one-off situation. I mean, it can be tragic. It can be truly detrimental to your career to work on a remote team that is not set up to, for success or to support your career growth. Because then you become one of those, uh, the statistic of people who are sitting at home doing nothing and languishing in their career. And nobody wants that. We want to be learning. We want to be growing. It's one of the, the top statistics of why people leave jobs. Their manager is really bad or oh, they yeah. feel like they're not uh, getting the um, educational opportunities or opportunities for growth within that organization. So. It has nothing to do with the industry. It has everything to do with the, the remote culture that's been established. Well, I went online last night and I saw almost 9,000 jobs uh, under the remote jobs category for yeah. Power to Fly. So I do think that <laughs> speaks to the different types of companies. And, you know, a lot of times we think, all right, when we think remote work, we might think of a working parent who needs that flexibility. But I also think back to... There's two clients in particular that I worked with last year, and they did not have kids. And one of them didn't just didn't have kids at home. His kids were uh, well-grown. But, you know, they had homes in really suburban, kind of not rural, but, you know, far sub suburbs. And they had already outgrown all the opportunities available to them in their nearby metropolitan area. They just didn't want to leave. They liked their house. Yeah. They liked their community. And so they were really looking for remote so that way they didn't have to pick up and move. And I just thought that was so interesting because so many times we just focus on the people who need the flexibility for family. And that's very real. But I think there's yeah. a lot of different types of people who are benefiting and then are bringing more to the office because of the remote possibilities. Absolutely. I, I couldn't have said it better than better myself. And as I mentioned to you kind of before, I'm in a suburban area outside. I'm not in New York or San Francisco. And, you know, I, I, I want I have big career goals and I'm, I'm not done <laughs> growing here. Good. And, we'll, tell, we'll listen. Make sure that Catherine <laughs> and the team listen to that. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> she knows. Good. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I just looked for opportunities in my area. And I, I, because of the industry I'm in, I am always getting updates uh, on, on what's open in this region. But, 
you know, those are not opportunities that I want. Um, Those aren't opportunities that are, are aligned with where I want to be in the next five to 10 years. And I'm, I feel really blessed and grateful that, you know, I've developed these skills and I now am a part of a culture that sees, um, great strength and uh, great possibility in what people from small towns and suburban areas or rural areas can do um, to really make an impact in not only like the business world, but the world holistically. I mean, we are changing lives every single day. And that's, I'm, I'm so thankful to be a part of it. It's such a healthier environment because you're focused on the outcomes. Like you said, you're focused on the goals. And that's such a better culture than watching the clock, making sure employees are at their desks nine to five, because that doesn't really move anyone forward. That's not satisfying at all. So maybe this remote work environment is having just such a larger impact on what we expect from ourselves, what we expect from our boss and what we expect from, you know, what we feel when we go to work, that we're in a much more satisfying and environment because of all the the right reasons. And if it happens to fit in with our time schedule, then great. But if not, there's another way to do it. Yeah, I could not agree more. So you guys are sort of, like I said, part of fly was already at the cutting edge of all this. I mean, what are some trends or do you guys have any, I don't want to say predictions, but do you have any thoughts about what we might see in the next year or two? Because I think a lot of remote is indeed here to stay. But your, your final thoughts for people who are considering remote? Yeah, I mean, this isn't a prediction. This is this is a known, but I think the prediction lies in how are we going to get there, or I guess the question rather. But the hybrid workforce is here to stay, and there are lots of conflicting opinions on what this is going to look like. How is it going to be successful? You know, is there a world where half of a team is remote and half of the team is in office? Uh, what does like the rotation look like? Is there a rotation? Is there an option to come? Like there are so many different scenarios for companies to work out. But what I think, and we can already see this in the data and the the employment trends, is people who have learned to be successful working remotely are not going to go back to the office. Oh, yeah. And good for them because they have now developed a skill set that is going to put them at a competitive advantage against people who do not have those skills. And I, you know, also want to caveat this by saying like, if you're one of those people that are in that, I'm not sure how I feel about remote. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to go back to the office. There is nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, if you've, feel like you are stuck and you are one of those people sitting at home, I don't know, playing video games or, you know, doing more laundry than focusing on work. (laughs) Like I I really think that the office environment provides a really exciting space to spark creativity, um, to spark collaboration for people who need that one-on-one more intimate connection. That's fine. But for those of us who have, learned how to be self-sufficient, to uh, prioritize, to time manage on their own. The world is really your oyster. And now you have a world of companies, like you said, you know, mission driven, making positive impacts on the world at your oyster to go out and and show kind of what you've developed over the last year. So we're all at what I would consider an even playing field now, which is really, really cool because we were not on an even playing field 
two, three years ago. Yeah, and certainly now is the time to ask if you do want to go remote and you want more remote opportunities at your own office. I think the timing is working in the employee's favor. But I want to pick up on something real quick. So like during the pandemic when everyone was home, everyone was remote because you had to be, let's say some people are starting to come back, and, and we know they are. Do you fear that there's going to be a little bit of a culture clash because you've got the people who are fully remote and then you've got the people who are in the office or at least doing hybrid? Is there a tension between those two different groups or for the most part, do companies kind of work that out? I think there's going to be a tension if there's a mandate one way or the other. Uh, And that's definitely where we're seeing the most friction right now. And again, like talking about situational, uh, how companies are planning their return to the workforce you know, are, if you're giving a remote option, are you, are you offering that to everyone or are you offering that to some people? Mm. Um, what does that actually look like? Is that, like we said, one, two, three days a week, how are you rotating that schedule? Do people get to pick? I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, we are all creatures of, um, I don't want to say like, don't let jealousy be the enemy of the good, but you know, we, we are advocating for what we want. So I think any company that isn't prepared to like look holistically at, you know, what their employees want and really listen to them at this stage, that's where we're going to see friction. And again, that's where we're going to see movement. So, you know, what we as you know, DEI service providers are talking to companies about is listening, listening to what, your employees want. Um, and not just asking, because yeah. we can all ask what someone wants, but listening, taking the feedback, taking actual statistics, running surveys, and understanding what's going to make them happy to reduce attrition. Yeah. And it doesn't even take a lot. I mean, we're in Los Angeles. And from some of the people that I talk to, they just want one or two days where they don't have to commute into Los Angeles, which is a pretty hefty commute. But um, I think the listening is good advice for any manager, no matter what the topic is, by the way. So good on you, Lauren. (laughs) I think your employees are pretty lucky to be working with you. So I'm going to include the Power to Fly website in the show notes. But I just want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Lauren. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. And I hope anyone who's thinking about switching careers or staying remote or going remote for the first time, full time, uh, found some nugget of, I don't know, helpful information here. And I'm here to support anyone if anyone has any other questions or needs some advice. So thank you for having me. Oh, this has been terrific. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Job Talk Weekly. Stay tuned for future episodes about topics like personal branding and interviewing tips and my favorite, networking. Leave us a review. Let us know what topics you want to hear. And we're always on socials on Instagram and Facebook, Job Talk Weekly, and our website, jobtalkweekly.com. See you next time.